You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to The Pivot Point, where we talk about all things pivot, all things business, and all things Vegas. I'm your host, Bardia. Let's get the ball rolling. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Pivot Point. I'm your friendly host with the most, Bardia, here to guide you again through another exciting adventure today. I'm sitting with the incomparable Dan Lear. Thank you for joining me today, Dan. Oh, you're so welcome. So welcome. And before we get started, I just have to say, if this podcast thing doesn't work out for you, you can make some nice uh, meditation audios because your voice is very soothing. I really appreciate that. (laughs) Good to know you have options. (laughs) You are a motivational speaker, 3,500 events in over 30 countries, business consultant, author of six books. I think it would be easier to list what you haven't done, honestly. Uh, Can you briefly tell us about yourself and your career story? Yeah, well, geez, uh, that's because I'm so old, that's a long time. So we'll just start with, uh, geez, after college, I I won a couple basketball titles in college, won a couple national titles and uh, didn't know what I wanted to do specifically. So my, both of my, my father and my stepmother were school teachers. They were kind of saying, Hey, get your teaching degree. I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to teach school, but I had a desire to coach college basketball. So I went and got my master's degree uh, because you have to have a master's to teach in, in the college level. And then I got my um, teaching certificate just in case, just because I was going through all that schooling. Uh, anyway, then I coached for a couple of years and decided that, you know, I liked playing more than I liked coaching. So, and I, and I loved the coaching part. I loved the actual engaging with the young players and building young men and whatnot. But there was other things that was were not so exciting to me, such as, you know, just the uh, babysitting and making sure Mark gets his homework done and making sure uh, Jeff is not sleeping with the booster's daughter. So, you know, I preferred the coaching part. So right. uh, after that, I, uh, I decided I was going to go out into the workforce and I got a job with this company called Federated Insurance. And uh, they were a, a company out of Owatonna, Minnesota, but I was working out of their uh, Atlanta, Georgia office. So I went through a training program and I didn't know anything about sales. I knew nothing about sales, knew nothing about insurance, didn't even like insurance, but I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. So I went through the program and while I was doing that, um, I was, uh, listening. I started reading a book by Tony Robbins called unlimited power. And, uh, that kind of opened up my mind to some things. And, and then when I first, when I started in the, in the field as a field sales rep, my job was to go get accounts, obviously to carry our insurance. So, uh, we covered, uh, auto dealers and what we called oil jobbers, convenience stores, hardware stores. We were kind of a niche market for, uh, the insurance industry. Um, I did that for a while, but when I was doing it, I ordered those, um, there was some years ago, there was audio tapes available. They were tapes. I say that good Lord. That's what they were back in the day. They were tapes Mm -hmm. available, uh, from Tony Robbins. He did these infomercials late at night. And, uh, anyway, three easy payments of 69 95. And I got my, my tapes and I started going through these tapes. Now this is back in the day where 
you would have a, a, a tape deck sitting on your on your uh, entertainment center, whatever, and it was a it was a, a a device, and you put in the tape, and you press play, and oh my god! So anyway, I literally after work, I would pull up a chair to my stereo, and I would stick my audio in there, and I would press play, and I took notes, and I took did that. It was like uh, 30, 30 minute um, lessons, if that you will. Mm -hmm. So after thirty days, I had thirty days of notes, and. Anyway, long story short, um, I was the number one sales performer in the whole region, seven state region as a 23-year-old kid and made more money than my father and my stepmom put together. And uh, I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I was all in, you know, I was uh, understood the power of positivity, the power of communication, the positive, the power of just, you know, working on yourself and being your best at all times. And so um, that was amazing. And then after I, I reached a point there where I never really liked the insurance business, but I was doing well, but I just, it wasn't something I saw myself doing. Ran across a guy that was um, working for Tony Robbins. And uh, anyway, there's a long story involved there. Great story about persistence, but I, I got a job with Tony Robbins and I was a field sales rep, that, which means you go out and you give presentations. And this was before the internet. So this is how we filled venues. You know how Tony Robbins goes around and he puts thousands of people in a venue. Yes. Well, before the internet, we had to actually go talk to people. So we, right. would, we would go into offices and we would do a free meeting. It was like a sales workshop, a peak performance workshop. And it would be 30 to 45 minutes. We'd go in there. Uh, prior to that meeting, we'd talk to the boss, talk to the VP of sales or whoever was in charge of the group, and we'd find out what their team really needed. Could have been motivation, could be prospecting, could be overcoming objections, could be self-esteem, could be anything. And so then we'd develop a talk for them. We'd do the talk, and then we'd sell tickets to the Tony Robbins program afterwards. So that's how I was 100% commission job. Crazy, crazy job. Very stressful. And we live in five cities a year. So like, for instance, if we were in LA uh, promoting that event after Tony came to town and did his event, we'd all move to Chicago and then we'd do it wow. there. And then we'd go to Houston and then we'd go to New York. Then we'd go to Miami. So I did that for six years. And uh, so I lived in 30 cities in six years. That's amazing. Uh, it was incredible. So thousands and thousands of talks. And then um, in 2000, I left, started my own business, started my own speaking and training company. Uh, I have to correct you. I'm the author of four books, not six books. Oh, sorry about that. It's all good. That's a positive, positive thing for There's me. There's two more coming. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that just started building my career. I became the number one, most, uh, the most requested speaker here in Las Vegas. And then uh, I went through some times where I, I got, I got, I was not feeling well. And the short story is in 2017, I got diagnosed with this very rare disease called amyloidosis, cardiac amyloidosis. Um, and that's a particular disease that is 40% uh, of the people who get that disease die in the first 12 months. Wow. So I was struggling to find out what it was for two years. And finally, I went to the Mayo Clinic up in Rochester, Minnesota, because I knew I was dying. And um, I went up there and the guy looked at me and he said, I think I know what you have, but I need some time to prove it clinically. So after nine days of testing, mm -hmm. he said, I, you have amyloidosis, which is a incurable blood disease. So went through two years of chemotherapy from 17 to 19. And uh, I'm still on a maintenance drug right now, but mm -hmm. it's a drug for lymphomic leukemia. It's non-toxic, so it's good. And um, I'm doing fantastic. So uh, during the pandemic, they shut down my business and mm -hmm. I, right. I was out consulting, 
uh, consulting salespeople because there were no there were no more events, there were no conferences. So uh, anyway, I started consulting and I got an incredible offer from this company that's in the health and wellness industry. Actually, they're in the tech industry, mm -hmm. but they make red light therapy beds and red light therapy products for the luxury um, spa industry and the health and wellness industry. And so I took that job and um, that's what I'm doing right now. So I'm in, having a blast. As you can imagine from my background with the, the chemo and the amyloidosis, mm -hmm. I'm very into health and wellness right now. So it's right Absolutely. up my alley. It so all, it that's the short story. That's absolutely. the short story. <laughs> <laughs> it already sounds inspirational from, from what I'm hearing right now. And we'll touch on the, um, I think, body balance systems yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, very yeah. soon. Um, what, has it been like, what has it been like for you to touch so many people's lives, have an impact on their motivation and, their, and like, transform them entirely? Yeah, well, you know, it's very interesting because I never got into, uh, never woke up and said, you know, someday I want to be a speaker or someday I want to you know, do conferences or events. It just happened, you know? So the only reason I was doing or still do keynotes on occasion is because um, I was working for Tony Robbins. It's just, it's just reps, right? So, you know, a lot of people come up and they're like, how did you get started in that business? And, you know, most people who go out and attempt to become professional speakers, they have to create their own events and they go speak for free at places and all that stuff. And, I was speaking for free for three times a day six, wow. for six years. So, I mean, I would get commissioned when I sold tickets, but I had to get up in front of rooms every day, two mm -hmm. and three times, no matter how bad it went or how good it went, I had to give these talks. So it's just reps. Like anything you do a lot, you tend to get good at. Yes. And so if you choose to, right? So I had a good teacher and... I learned how to speak from preframes to body language to voice tones to different language patterns. And so I, I really learned from the best and was very grateful for it. So, you know, how does it feel? It was, it was, it's been tremendous. It's something I never thought about, I uh, never planned on, but you know, I know what it's like to feel like you need some help. And yes. uh, it's a great feeling when people come up to me afterwards and say, thank you. I really needed to hear what you had to say today. And um, yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing feeling. Absolutely. What is the philosophy behind your techniques and why is yours different than say someone else's? Um, I don't know if mine is different. I mean, uh, I guess my philosophy is that 90% of your success has to do with your psychology. Yes. So for instance, in sales, sometimes somebody's having, uh, they're having a tough time in sales and they'll start teaching them closing techniques or they'll start teaching them how to uh, overcome objections or they'll start teaching them, you know, how to create rapport, but that's not where sales is, is gained. I mean, if it starts with your mindset, it starts with your psychology, 90% of your success is your psychology. If you don't believe that you can earn X amount of dollars in sales, then you won't do what's necessary to do that. It doesn't matter how much training you get. So if you grow up in an environment where, oh, geez, I came from the wrong side of the tracks and, oh, I didn't go to college or, you know, I'm not really good socially or, oh, my dad hated sales. I mean, if that's yes. your language in, inside of your head and you're in a sales job and you go through the best training program ever, if they didn't manage your psychology, you have no chance to win. Mm -hmm. And so my philosophy, if there's anything different, really starts with your mindset because mindset matters. It is everything. It has to do with... Your sales, your relationships, the way you think about yourself, the, the way you conduct yourself on a daily basis, it's all mindset. Absolutely. And I think that's interesting you bring up mindset because, um, so it was very exciting to have you for multiple reasons, but one of them was because um, you are one of the only businessmen that I know who has dipped your toes into politics. 
Uh, you first came on my radar uh, when you were running for Nevada State Assembly last year. Right. What was the process like for you to take your business skills into mm -hmm. a governing role? Yeah, that was uh, really an amazing experience for me, <clears throat> an experience I think everybody should do. Um, you know, most people talk about politics and they're not happy about what's going on, or maybe they are, but if they're unhappy, they still don't want to do anything about it. So um, I'm like, you know, my kids are gone. Um, I have time. I wouldn't have done it if I had kids. And I said, I'm, I'm going to go put my hat in the ring and I'm going to win this thing because I got, uh, I've got skills and I've got tools and I've got communication school skills that I think would be beneficial in the political market. And uh, so I did. I went out there and it was a very interesting experience. I think everybody should do it. It taught me a lot about politics. Some of it I didn't like, mm -hmm. um, but it was a great experience. Obviously, you know, I didn't win, but I learned a heck of a lot, made a lot of contacts, uh, expanded my, you know, my base of, of networking. And it was, it was an amazing experience for me. Absolutely. I have a hard hitting question for you. And then I have some fun questions. Hard hitting. Questions. Bring it. Um, so as a leader, mm -hmm. do you think it's better to be feared or loved? I think it's better to be loved. I think that um, uh, the, the fear type of leadership only goes so far. And here's the thing. The question you want to ask is, will your people run through a wall for you? Right. And if they fear you, the answer is no. They're just trying to keep their job, you mm -hmm. know, no matter what it is. I mean, uh, even as a, an athlete, you know, um, I shouldn't say that. Well, I don't know. I didn't love my coach, but I didn't hate him either. But uh, he got the most out of me. But I feel like from a, a leadership position and in, in an, um, an employee situation, in a corporate situation, you want to create a uh, an understanding that, as a leader, you're supposed to help people. You're there to help people. You're there to help them find out what they need to succeed and provide them with the opportunities to get there. So uh, I feel there's a lot of ways to lead and you don't have to be a charismatic leader. You can be a quiet leader. You can be a subtle leader, mm -hmm. but a leadership really gets down to serving other people. That's why sometimes they call it servant leadership. So great leaders, um, they don't put fear in their people. Right. I mean- We've all seen it in the past, and of course, there, there are leaders like that, but um, no, I, I would rather have my people love me and, right. uh, and follow me to the promised land. That's what I'd like to see happen. Right. So it sounds to you that the workplace is more of a place of nurturing. Do you feel that it trickles down from the top if you're a good leader, that it'll fall down into your followers? Well, let me, let me see if I can grab that phrase you just used. The workplace is a place of nurturing. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I mean, yes, my people should love me, but not everybody's going to love me Yes, because I have standards. And so, for instance, if you were working for me in a sales job that you would have to do X amount of calls and X amount of this and X amount of that, that's your standard. And if you're not able to do that, then it can't work for me. Mm -hmm. So um, nurturing to me means providing opportunities. So there is a point. If uh, I hire you and you have certain duties to do and you don't do it, you're gone. Yes. So, I mean, nurturing is, uh, is an interesting word and can be interpreted in a lot of ways. So I feel like um, nurturing sounds kind of soft to me, not suggesting that it's not the right word. It's probably not the word I would use. Um, I would just use a leadership type of, of role um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of types of leaderships, but I, I understand what you mean. And I think um, providing people with opportunities to grow, showing them how to grow and giving them uh, opportunities or space or time to do that is fine. But I also feel like unless there are standards, 
that yes. says this is what's going to happen or you can't work here, then it's 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 never your business isn't going to thrive. So nurturing to a point. Yes, yes. But and thank we, you for picking apart the word <laughs> nurture because I do use that intentionally. There is that whole thought of nature versus nurture when it comes to leadership and how it fits into the workplace. So I really appreciate your advice on that. Sure. So let's move on to body balance systems, which I think is a very fun topic. Sure. So what is this new technology? Well, body balance, uh, they make, they focus on red light therapy products. So red light therapy is a, I don't, it's not really a new modality for healing, but it's a uh, n more publicized now just because over time, just like anything else, the cost comes down. So red light therapy was actually founded by NASA in the 90s, 94, I believe. So they sent up some red light uh, lights uh, to help with the plants up in the space station. And what they found was the astronauts that were closest to the red lights came down with better bone density, uh, more collagen. Um, they looked good. They had less inflammation. They were just healthier people. So they were like, whoa, what's going on here, of course. And then they started studying the red light. Red light is just a, uh, a part of the light of the sun. It's, it's, mm -hmm. You don't get tanned by red light. It's a, a light that if you, if you took a spectrum of the sun. And back in the days before the industrial age, we would get red light from going outside working in the morning or being around the campfire at night. And the red light uh, has healing properties. So really all of us are red light deficient right now in some way. Wow. So if you were getting red light therapy and I were getting red light therapy, you would have a different response because you are a different human being. So yes. how the red light works, it's really amazing. All it does is penetrate your body and it can go down eight centimeters. Um, and it, it basically triggers your mitochondria to release ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, which is the energy of the cell. So the cells actually self heal and reproduce and it increases the oxygen in your blood. And so you're actually building new cells. And so it's an incredible healing process. Um, I'm in that bed three to four, not three to four, more to four to five times a week. And um, I just got some cancer taken off the side of my cheek. So I've got about 15 stitches right here. And so I'm using this red light therapy wand on it right now. It's called the deep wave. And so red light therapy also is great for wound healing, scar healing. So wow. I'm, gonna, I'm actually documenting it right now to see um, how, how it does after two weeks. So by the way, you can, you can follow that documentation on my Instagram, which is at Dan Lear, that's D-A-N-L-I-E-R on Instagram. Thank you for plugging that mm -hmm. so I don't have to do it later. <laughs> no, I'm just All good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, so you already touched on this a little bit, but how has health and wellness complemented your career as an entrepreneur? Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, well, Two, twofold question. Prior to my diagnosis, I was really healthy, also had the mindset that I was basically unstoppable. I don't really mean that, but almost like I just felt like I could, nothing would stop me, right, from a health perspective. And I probably drank a little more than I should, um, but I would drink and, you know, get up the next day and go to work and then play basketball. And this is all through my 30s and all 40s and whatnot. So, um, and so um, then when I got diagnosed, it was a whole different ball game because wow, that was like serious business. So I stopped drinking. I stopped, mm -hmm. you know, I stopped, I used to drink like Mountain Dews for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love those things, man. I grew up in Michigan and that was like, that's like the, that's like orange juice. Over yeah. There. Um, so I stopped all the bad stuff, uh, sugar. So my, my eating is so clean right now is amazing. So I don't drink alcohol. I, I eat really clean. 
Um, I don't eat out very much uh, because of my congestive heart failure. I'm on a sodium regulation. Anytime you go out to dinner, it's over, right? So, um, but I, I still go out, obviously. I'm healthy. I work out every day. And, um, um, but yeah, right now it's amazing. So I feel great. Um, and I feel like we're going to look back in 50, 60 years and just, well, that's already happening now. Uh, the, mm -hmm. food, the food that we're eating is just, is not good. And, you know, our government has uh, thrown us under the bus and done, FDA is corrupt. And so we're eating a lot of things that aren't good for us right now. And it, it's, it's really sad. So yeah. I'd like to make a difference in that, in that somehow. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Eating clean and living clean and, and of course. Uh, thinking good thoughts. Of course. I think that's amazing. Thank you. What advice would you give to new spa business owners in Las Vegas? What advice would I give to new spa business owners? Small business. Oh, small Sorry. business owners. No. Well, I mean, running a small business is, is challenging no matter where you are and what you do, but it's, you know, it's like anything else. It's, you've got to have a, a vision, you know, you're, what are you doing? It starts with the mission statement and you know, who are you and what are you doing? But at the end of the day, it gets down to mindset and hustle. And again, if you don't believe in your product, it's not going to be successful. If yes. you don't believe that between you and your product, it's the best value proposition in the whole world, then you're not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So um, either you have that mindset yourself or you surround yourself with people like that uh, and make it happen. But, um, you know, again, more and more people are wanting to take control of, of their lives and get out of the system, unplug from the matrix and, and get some things done. So, yes. um, you know, it's not an easy road, but uh, it's there for you. Yes. All you got to do is work hard and stay focused. When, when did you know that you had this mindset? When did you know you had this confidence in you? Well, I think the confidence and the mindset actually came from my basketball career. Just uh, my basketball coach in college was in, incredibly, he was a psychology guy. Literally, when I got there, uh, I went to a junior college. I went division one first, then went to a junior college. Then I went to a small college in Kansas. And he sent me, <laughs> my college coach sent me to a psychiatrist for my rebounding. <laughs> Seriously. So <laughs> imagine I'm like laying on the couch for the psychologist talking about rebounding. Right. <laughs> but uh, he was very positive guy, the coach. He would just always, the way he languaged things and everything. And um, I just learned that there's, you know, being positive is, you know, what's the alternative? And but what I learned was we won two straight national championships in basketball. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is unbelievable. And so we would go into these games late, you know, we'd be down by three with two minutes to go and we would win these games, you know, and uh, we just had that belief as a team. And I realized how powerful that was because when yes. you believe, you know, and again, the coach was a big part of it. He'd get us in the, in the huddle and get, okay, guys, we got two minutes to go. Uh, we're going to inbounds the ball. We're going to run this play. We're going to score. Uh, then we're going to we're going to foul. They're going to shoot one. We're going to get a rebound. We're going to come down and score again. We're going to win the game. So and he would call out players and 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 we would win the games. And so, you know, it's really all about you know what's going through your mind on a daily basis really impacts your life. Yes. I mean, I tell my family this all the time is that we you know myself and someone else we live in two different worlds, mm -hmm. and we all do. Our, our world depends on our mindset and. Yes. You know, do you live in a world of, of uh, peace and love and everybody wants to help you? Or do you live in a world of, of uh, evil and, and, you know, those kind of things? So it really gets down to your mindset. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Is there anything you, the leader you are today, would say to your younger self? 
to my younger self, oh man, I would just tell my younger self to just chill out and relax. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Me too, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, no, I mean, like I was always really driven and hustling and whatnot, Mm -hmm. but you know, what I realize now is as you get older is that, you know, things happen sometimes that, you know, I didn't plan on getting sick. I didn't plan on getting chemotherapy. And so things come your way and they cause you to grow and whatever comes your way is coming your way. And so it's up to you, of course, how you handle that. And that is what makes you grow. And without pain, there's no growth. And that's what people don't realize. When you have this adversity that comes your way, you get hit with an issue. Not that you should thank thank the universe mm-hmm. for it, but mm-hmm. the fact is without that pain, without that setback, there is no growth. And yes. so the better you get through that, the more you grow as a person. And so just a lot of ways to look at those obstacles in life, you know. Absolutely. Something that we covered recently in our own classes on Yonovia was trauma. Really? Yes. And how it is such a growing experience. Yes. And there are so many ways to deal with it. And there are so many different perspectives on it as well. Yeah. Um, but just in my own life, it has truly made me stronger. Yes. I really can't, <laughs> even though I don't have much experience, I'm thinking wow, how much have I really grown from just saying yes to more things, going out more, being more sociable, how much that has really challenged me and just really allowed me to grow as a person. Right. And I think that's just taking those small steps. It is. It is. I mean, I think that uh, one of the challenges that we have that I see right now, if I could talk to the younger generation, the people in college is, is that I I don't know these people personally, but I see them and I've met them, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people in college that get um, they get thrown off course by language. And, um, you know, of course, we don't like to be, you know, made fun of or talked bad about. But handling that is part of growing. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I wish we had more time. I, I truly do on I these know. podcasts. But um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. Thank you so much, Dan, for being here with me today. You're welcome. Let me give you a couple of website addresses. Um, yes. Bodybalancesystem.com is our website. That's bodybalancesystem.com. Anybody out there wants to learn more about red light therapy, uh, if you're interested in any type of motivation or whatnot, danlier.com. That's D-A-N-L-I-E-R.com. And that's my handle for Instagram and whatnot. I appreciate it, Dan. Thank you for being here with me today. And thank you. Thank you all for listening to The Pivot Point. You can follow us at Pivot Point UNLV on Twitter, all one word, and hope you enjoyed the show.